Dudes Talk Sports, hosted by Will Thomas and Chad Tujak. Hello and welcome to another episode of Dudes Talk Sports. This is your solo host, Chad Tujog. I'm hanging in there alone because Will already did a podcast. If you haven't listened to it, it's actually really good. And I say actually just because it's it's I always think they're good, but this was way better than I thought it was going to be. So it's uh, it's over there on www.dudes-w. I'm so excited I mispronounced it. It's www.dudes-talk-sports.com. It's under podcasts. It's episode 14 titled Khabib went full primate and John Cena's hair went full house. It's a really great review of uh, UFC 229. If you haven't heard a review of it yet, that's a great one. It also discusses the NFL weekend from last week, week six, which was a crazy week. And then a little bit of the NCAA with some Alabama talk. Uh, Before I spin off into my only, so I'm only doing an an analytics post, uh, just kind of going over things we talked about last week and then what to expect this week from DFS and from year-long fantasy. I will just say a small piece on the Niners game. Uh, the Monday night football game was 33-30. to The Niners have the ball. Almost in Green Bay territory, third and three. Kyle Shanahan has called a pretty... Uh, it's pretty pre-rehearsed. It's very scripted. So... He run runs passes, run runs passes, run runs passes for you know, fifty seven minutes, and then um, well, thirty minutes, whatever. So on third and three, he has the opportunity to rush the ball with his running back, who is averaged seven yards to carry the entire game, or his other running back, who is averaged five yards to carry the entire game. Does he do that? No. I think everybody in the stadium in the United States knew that Mike Patino was going to bring pressure on third and three. Because that first down pretty much means the Niners win the game uh, with another set of downs. I mean, they needed 15 yards to get a field range. So anyways, long story short, they throw a Hail Mary to Marquise Goodwin, who gets intercepted. And the there's like a minute left in the game, minute and three seconds left in the game. Aaron Rodgers gets the ball, and I think the rest is history. And it just contributes to Aaron Rodgers' MVP candidacy because... Kyle Shanahan doesn't know how to close out a game. And if you think that I don't like Kyle Shanahan, I'm a diehard Niners fan. And if you think my criticism is unfair, 28-3. That's all I have to say. 28-3. So, with that being said, let's go into last week's analysis. So, last week we had a... We were actually pretty spot on last week. If you were not, uh, if you were not present last week, last week we called some busts. And we'll start with the busts, but we said that Calvin Ridley, not Calvin Ridley, sorry, Kenny Stills was going to bust. Now, is that a great, amazing call? No. Kenny Stills had six and a half points last week. We knew he was going to put up a Kenny Stills kind of situation. Corey Davis had 3.4 points. Even with the volume that he's getting, there is something going on in Tennessee. That offense is abysmal. So, I don't know what's going on there. I don't want any Deion Lewis shares. I don't want any stock in Corey Davis. Delaney Walker was the only positive spot there, and he's gone, so see ya. All right? The boldest the boldest busts we called for last week was Allen Robinson and Stefan Diggs. Now, in Allen Robinson's case, I whiffed. It wasn't a big whiff. He had 17 points on six targets, but it was a whiff. I take that. Anything, when I call a bust, if it goes in double digits... That's a loss maybe for me, okay? It was a loss in DFS and season-long fantasy. However, 
Stefan Diggs was right on point. People, listen to this. He had come off of two 20-plus point games back-to-back against the Rams and against the Eagles' stout defense. And I said, hey, Arizona, he's not going to do it. He didn't do it. He had four targets, three receptions, 33 yards. He was blanketed last week. We knew this was going to happen. If you listen to Dude Talk Sports last week, you saved some money if you didn't draft him in daily fantasy sports, mostly DraftKings, mostly FanDuel. If you would have drafted him in FanDuel, you would have got three points. You'd have been very upset. You'd have been sad panda. So, anyways, moving on. Uh, the monsters that we called from last week, we called two of the highest scoring players last week in Tyree Kill and Melvin Gordon. Tyree Kill had an absolute monster, monster day against the Patriots on Sunday Night Football. What an insane game. He put up 42 points, multiple touchdown game. Melvin Gordon, 38 points, just absolutely wrecked the field. The rest of our calls, everybody went above double digits. Uh, McCaffrey hit 14. James White hit 14. Um, I wouldn't call those busts. Our, our one bust, we missed one player. That was Jarvis Landry. He had three points. Okay, so the Baker Mayfield thing, the Jarvis Landry thing, I, I don't really know what to say about that. That game was set up for them to have a huge day, especially after they went down 21-3. to So I'm not sure what's going on in Cleveland. But... I feel bad now that after all these years, because like two years ago and three years ago, I wouldn't see myself endorsing Cleveland. But I actually think they're going to do it again this week. I'm, I mean, so later in the podcast, we are going to have a section where I'm like, hey, the Cleveland Browns are going to do it this week. Like, they really are. So we'll get to that in a few minutes. But um, I also gave a laud to the entire Atlanta offense last week playing against the Bucks. Um, Austin Hooper had 22 bills, and I was – all about Austin Hooper last week as my best value at tight end and one of my best values in DFS. So hopefully you picked him up. If you'd have just picked up three of our guys, monsters from last week, and that's Tyree Kill, Melvin Gordon, and Austin Hooper, you would have put up 102 points on Daily Fantasy Sports with three players. And not even that expensive players. Melvin Gordon was priced very high, but he hit his multiplier. And 102 points from three players, I think everybody knows that means cash, cash, cash. So if you would have started those guys, we made a lot of points. Julio Jones also hit 27 points. We said to, to start him. Um, Calvin Ridley did get injured, so hopefully uh, you were able to avoid that. And Tevin Coleman did get snaked by Ito Smith. Uh, I don't really know how to approach that situation. I think that at this point, we just kind of have to wait it out and avoid both players. Um, because you don't really know, <clears throat> well, I don't ever really know what's going on in Steve Sarkeesian's head. However, I do know that Ido Smith is a capable back and Tevin Coleman is an undersized, but also capable back. They're kind of like the same player. So I would just kind of avoid that situation for the time being in daily fantasy sports, in season-long fantasy sports. If you have one, I would just ride it out. I would just Because we saw that Devonta Freeman is down with that groin injury. He's going to get surgery, um, so one of them is going to take a hot hand lead, and that's the one I would just kind of wait for. I would probably bench them, though, for this week and then see what happens. One of them might go off. One of them might bust. Uh, you might be upset that one of them goes off if he's on your bench, but if you think about it, he could have busted like Tevin Coleman did last week. So, Anyways, <clears throat> moving on. Last week, some huge monsters. We had Tyler Boyd against Pittsburgh. He went pretty insane, seven receptions, 62 yards, and two touchdowns. I've been pretty hot on Tyler Boyd for like, like I don't know, three or four weeks. He's going to be a good one. 
Uh, he's evolved now. I think this is his third year in the league, and he's way past John Ross. Uh, John Ross is just disappointing all across the board. But from a fantasy perspective, he's evolving into someone we can almost depend on. Uh, with Tyler Eifert going down and Tyler Croft going down, uh, CJ Uzuma is going to come around. But Tyler Boyd, is he's got great hands. He's running really... He doesn't run amazingly crisp routes, but he's running them well, and he's getting good separation. So Tyler Boyd's a guy that we can start to tar- start to rely on eventually. Not this week, and I'll get to that later, but eventually he's going to be a good a good fantasy uh, flyer. Emmanuel Sanders went off last week against the Rams, and he went off last night against the Cardinals. Oh, my God, he's throwing touchdowns. He's catching balls. He's taking out the laundry, and he's changing the your kids' clothes. He does really he did it all yesterday. He's... He's doing it all. A.J. Green had a respectable week last week. Sonny Michelle is really starting to come around in New England. Uh, I think that the game plan that they had against the Chiefs was keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes as much as possible, let him make a mistake, and then get ball control. Because that's what Bill Belichick likes to do. He likes to let you make a mistake and then own the ball so that you can't correct the mistake. And he did that with Sonny Michelle to the tune of 106 yards and two rushing touchdowns. They did it really well. And they had ball control at the end of the game. It's pretty much all you can really say about that. I mean, that's a very New England approach to everything. Todd Gurley did Todd Gurley things. It's really hard in daily fantasy sports to roster Todd Gurley. He is now $10,000, one of the most expensive players in the history of daily fantasy sports on DraftKings. So in in year-long fantasy sports on Yahoo.com, you definitely roster Todd Gurley, right? Every game. It doesn't even matter if he's on a bye. He'll score more points than most of the people in the league. Just kidding. Don't do that. But in daily fantasy sports, you have to think about it. At $10,000, he has to score 30 points for him to make his three times multiplier for you to cash in cash games. And he, at that point, costs one-fifth of your roster or your, uh, your, your, gosh, your budget of your salary. So do you roster him? It's a tough, it's a tough place to be. That game against Denver is not as close as the score indicates. Uh, the the Rams were definitely crushing them the entire game. It didn't even really look close. Even though Jared Goff had a small stat line, it all went to Todd Gurley. So, <clears throat> Some other notables last week was Saquon Barkley against Philly. Absolutely dominated, even though they got dominated. Devontae Adams just... Gosh, man, just went off against off against my Niners. He was like the one bright spot in that awful Packers play calling. Whenever they get a decent play call, they'll be unstoppable someday. Whenever they do, but and actually, Aaron Rodgers looked super tentative all for three quarters of that game. He was not throwing to his wide receivers. So, anyways, I'll just move on back to fantasy stuff. I know, I know, I know my place. Albert Wilson went off with Brock the Rock Osweiler. Fun fact, I'm actually, I've met Brock Osweiler. He was my quarterback uh, for a charity event that I played with uh, with Kurt Warner a couple years ago. And uh, needless to say, I would think that he's not a good quarterback because he's not a good quarterback. He overthrew me multiple times because I think he thought I was faster than I am. But he should know that I'm not fast. So, Anyways, Kareem Hunt had a, a great game. Adam Thielen doing Adam Thielen type things. Marquise Goodwin had a great game. I don't know if it's something that we can expect from Marquise Goodwin week in and week out, but as long as he's healthy, he's worth a roster spot as the bright spot on that team. And then James Conner also went off against Cincinnati. It'll be interesting to see how that whole thing plays out. I have not heard that Le'Veon Bell's reported to camp, 
But if he does, I would kind of approach it the same way as the Edo Smith, Tevin Coleman situation, where you kind of want to see how it plays out. I think for a couple weeks though, we we'd stick with John Connor, uh, or James Connor, sorry, and and just literally see how long it takes for his work share to be downgraded. Because I think as soon as Le'Veon Bell comes back, it'll be at worst a 50-50 split. And half of 31.9 points is 16 points. So, I mean, that's worth that's worth a run. So, uh, some notable busts from last week. The entire Oakland Raiders offense, which I would not start any of them. I mean, poor Amari Cooper. Uh, we can't blame him. He was concussed. And then he gets off the field and checks his phone. And it's like, hey, we're feeling trade offers for you. But if it makes you feel better, we're asking for a first-round pick because that's pretty much what we wasted on you. And I don't want to say we wasted on Amari Cooper, but these guys have not figured out how to effectively get Amari Cooper in space and throw him the ball. He needs to go to an offense that knows how to use him and knows how to <laughs> knows how to play any football. I mean, Derek Carr looks terrible this year. Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen, again, you're in a really weird timeshare where I'm not comfortable starting any of those players unless it's in a tournament. So Tariq Cohen, I would start in a shootout. And Jordan Howard on DFS, I would never start just for right now until Tariq Cohen gets hurt, if he gets hurt. He's been pretty durable throughout his career so far. Uh, Cooper Cup let everybody down just because he got injured last week and then the week before. So after having a really great start to the year, he did get hit by the injury buck, neither of which are in his control. It's not like something that he's chronically uh, exposed to. It just happened. And then Stefan Diggs, we called him. We sure called him. Quincy Anunwa, however, is someone that I believed last week was going to have a great game. His red zone target share is enormous. It's like 44%. So I thought he was going to come back to earth um, on the positive side just by turning those targets into catches and touchdowns. However, he did quite the opposite um, and had 0.9 points in PPR leagues last year. So without further ado, we'll get to some sits for next week. In Daily Fantasy, and we'll get to some starts for next week. And when I do this, I want you guys to know that these are not just like me. This is not just me looking at Yahoo Sports and, uh, oh, he looks like he's in a good matchup. He looks like he's in a bad matchup. No, this is me actually pulling up an aggregate of multiple websites of data and compiling them into algorithms and numbers and heat map spreadsheets uh, to give you guys the most accurate derived projections that I could find funny story actually this past weekend um, this past Saturday I went on a date with this girl and I was like hey what do you do for work or whatever she's like oh I'm an accountant so I like to look at spreadsheets all day it's kind of boring and I was like what let me show you my spreadsheets so I showed her my spreadsheets you know I whipped out Google Docs and let her see the Google Sheets and showed her the heat mapping and it was pretty great she did not think it was cool at all but for future reference ladies if a guy is on a day with you and he shows you some spreadsheets he's trying to show you the bed sheets that's that's how we work or at least the nerdy guys out there that are on dfs DraftKings, and such but anyways moving on my sits for this week i think it goes without saying lamar miller is a disappointment with the volume that he gets, the carries and touches he gets, he should be a fantasy monster, especially with Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins just crushing guys out of the, just taking defenders out of the box. Um, Greg Olson versus Philadelphia. I don't like his chances of scoring many points. He's coming off injury, and Philly is a great team against tight ends. 
Adrian Peterson versus Dallas. I know he's had like some good weeks and some bad weeks. I, I picture this is going to be a bad week. Quincy Nunwan with his market share uh, should be a better wide receiver. I think in fantasy leagues across the world, you bench him this week against Minnesota. Minnesota's number one against guarding wide receiver ones. However, let's revisit the Jets here in a couple in a couple picks, right? So I also think that Alshon Jeffrey versus Carolina is not going to be a good start. And I know I missed on Allen Robinson last week, but Alshon Jeffrey's my guy who gets high volume of targets who I think is not going to do well this week. This is kind of a big pick. So I could whiff on this one. If he scores less than 12 points, I win this round, okay? Okay, guys, I win this round. If he scores more than 12 points, I whiffed, all right? That's fair. Tyler Boyd. Another guy I think is going to have a rough week. I love Tyler Boyd. I love where he's going from a fantasy perspective. This week's not going to be his week. This week is going to be like a Joe Mixon week. This week's going to be like a, an AJ Green week. So if you want to pivot off of um, that game, I wouldn't use Tyler Boyd to do that. For draft King's purposes, I would probably go Joe Mixon versus AJ Green just for the touch perspective and the fact that Kansas City – allows a high volume amount of points to running backs both catching the ball and running the ball so for the DraftKings scoring they allowed 25.2 points to Sonny Michelle and they allowed 14 points to James White that's almost 40 points to running backs last week and Joe Mixon is their bell cow if Giovanni Bernard's not healthy this week to roll I fully expect Joe Mixon to have a great day this week so that actually kind of brings into the next thing fantasy starts for this coming week <clears throat> Allen Robinson, the guy that I said was going to fail last week, is going to succeed this week against the Patriots. Uh, and I'm not like switching sides, I'm not like flip flopping because he proved me wrong last week. But New England struggles against wide receiver ones. Um, a great, personally, it might be trendy pick for streaming quarterbacks and wide receivers or for pairing quarterbacks and wide receivers for tournament value. But Mitchell Trubisky and Allen Robinson might be a good pairing this week. Um, I know people are skeptical skeptical to start Mitch because of the beginning of the way he began the season, but he has been a lights out fantasy quarterback for the last two weeks. He's taken advantage of all of his matchups. He crushed the Bucks, hit him for 41 points right in the mouth. Uh, that moves me on to Joe Mixon versus Kansas City. I think he's going to have a, a fine game. Uh, they struggle against guarding the rush. And they struggle against pass-catching backs. Saquon Barkley is going to have a monstrous week. Um, I, I just I don't see him struggling at all this week. Um, Peyton Barber is my sneaky, sneaky start versus Cleveland. And it's so funny because I think that whenever anybody says, hey, start somebody, like, X player from the Bucks, that's a sneaky start. Like, if I said, hey, start Deshaun Jackson, oh, really, from the Bucks, that guy? He's still alive, like, he still plays football. And then Mike Evans would be a sneaky start also because it's like, hey, he plays for the Bucs. Is he any good? Like, nobody will trade me for Mike Evans in my fantasy leagues. But I think this week is a Peyton Barber week. And here's why. Cleveland is actually surprisingly good at, you know, guarding wide receivers. Their secondary is very underrated, and it has been for the last couple of years. On YahooSports.com, you go to Yahoo Sports, you go to ESPN Sports, it says that Cleveland is ninth worst against guarding the pass. That's not true at all. They're actually very good. It's very strong secondary. It's misleading, though, just because of the games they played. Lots of pass attempts, lots of yards, but they don't. They bend. They don't break. So I would definitely give Peyton Barber a start this week. He's actually 
to bring it back around, one of my waiver wire ads. He's available in 50% of year-long fantasy sports leagues, and he would be a great, a great tournament add-in for daily fantasy sports. Um, okay, this brings me to my, this is my pick of the week. If you're playing a daily fantasy sports tournament or even a cash game in DraftKings, I really like John Brown. And it's crazy because I'm like, Picking a player that is predicated on Joe Flacco playing good football, which is like, I know, it's like it's really bad. But actually, Joe Flacco looks good. And I feel bad saying that because he looks like he's high, like pretty much every single one of his interviews. But he's been throwing the ball pretty well. He likes John Brown. John Brown gets a lot of targets. And John Brown is honestly a game changer. So fun fact also is that the Saints are awful against guarding wide receiver twos. They are the 32nd team in the league against wide receiver ones and twos. So I would look for Michael Crabtree and John Brown to have a great day against the Saints this weekend. Um, But specifically John Brown, just because he's so fast, he has great hands, a great feel for the ball, runs great routes, and will probably be the main guy getting catches deep on on the Ravens this weekend. If that game gets out of hand, because on the flip side, the Ravens actually have the best defense in the NFL right now, quietly the best defense in the NFL. They haven't played any juggernauts yet, but I think that Alex Collins get a lot of work too. Um, to turn this around, I'm, this is my most exciting game of the weekend, the Ravens versus Saints, because Saints have one of the best offenses in the NFL, a team that I would not be surprised made it to the Super Bowl this year. Uh, just because their offense and their defense could turn around, but their offense is really good. They have two dual threat uh, running backs that are amazing, and Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. Um, and I would love to see more of Alvin Kamara because even though I don't have him in any NFL or in any fantasy year-long leagues, he's just an electric guy to watch the football. He catches it like a wide receiver, like a, like I don't know, like a. He's got Jerry Rice-like hands, uh, but he runs it. He runs the football a lot like a really big Darren Sproles. The guy is electric. And um, anyways, not to oh, Alvin Kamara. Anyways, so <clears throat> fun fact: there are two quarterbacks that have beaten every single team in the NFL. One of those quarterbacks is Peyton Manning, first ballot Hall of Famer. Second one of those quarterbacks is Brett Favre, first ballot Hall of Famer. Drew Brees, no doubt, first ballot Hall of Famer has the chance to be the third quarterback in NFL history to beat all 32 teams. Um, he's played the Browns, I think, five times in the past or four times in the past, one of those two, and he's never beaten them. If he doesn't beat them this time, he has to wait four more years to play them again. I'm not sure we'll be seeing Drew Brees in four years. I hope we are. I really hope he's still playing at the same level in four years, but I would love him to get this win. Either way, I think this game is going to be filled with points from the Ravens, so let's stay tuned. Um, my other start for tournaments in DraftKings or FanDuel would be Robbie Anderson. So while I'm not very high on Quincy Nunez, I'm very bearish on him this week. I think Robbie Anderson might be cited today, uh, this weekend versus Minnesota. They're actually pretty bad against guarding wide receiver twos. And Robbie Anderson's rapport and trust with Sam Darnold seems to be getting better on the deep balls. So Robbie Anderson had three catches last week for two touchdowns. Like, who does that? Oh, wait, Robbie Anderson and Kenny Stills. So um, I think there's a possibility that he does score some long touchdowns this week or has some long catches at least. Um, so he's worth a tournament flyer. Uh, a Matt Breida sighting or a Raheem Mostart starting 
against the Rams. Possible. Um, I think those are, again, two good tournament starts, but not cash game starts for DraftKings. Some good waiver wire ads for this coming weekend. Um, I already said Peyton Barber. He's still available in 50% of the leagues across the NFL or across all daily fantasy sites or year-long fantasy sites. Sorry. Uh, Joe Flacco, who I just raved about, I think he's going to be a great start this weekend unless they take like a commanding lead by running the ball. I think this eventually gets into a ball control game somewhere in the second half. So someone at halftime will be leading uh, by two scores, I think maybe 10 points. And whoever is leading at halftime by 10 points, I think they go into, they go into ball control. If it's the Saints winning by 10 points at halftime, this becomes a shootout for the or a pass-heavy game for a team that's really built. People might not believe it, a team that's really built to pass the ball in the Ravens. So, um, and vice versa, if the Ravens are up 10 points at halftime, I think we see a lot of Alex Collins. C.J. Beathard, who is playing against the Rams this week, I don't expect in any way, shape, or form for the Niners to be keeping up with the Rams. Although it's a division game, so we'll see, but... <laughs> he's only owned in 8% of leagues, and he's definitely worth a flyer uh, if Marquise Goodwin's healthy. Brock Osweiler, who I played football with, remember, he's only owned in 4% of leagues. You could pick him up and scoop him at the low. Uh, my values for DFS, my highest values for this weekend, CJ Beathard's number one. He's almost a four-time multiplier for DFS sites. That means his salary, which is at... 4,800, he's expected to get almost 19 points. That's almost a four-time multiplier. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, he's supposed to go off against Kansas City or against Cincinnati, but I wouldn't be surprised if Kareem Hunt and Joe Mixon dominate those workloads, but I do expect that uh, Patrick Mahomes will have a lot of success throwing the ball as Cincinnati's secondary is pretty bad. Um, Joe Flacco, another guy, he's 5,400 price on DraftKings. Expect him to have at least 20 points. Uh, going into my other positions, Peyton Barber is my highest value. I've already said his name five million times. Saquon Barkley against Atlanta. I expect him to have a fantastic day. David Njoku. Okay, so Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper was my guy last week, and he made me look really good, posting 22 points on DraftKings. Uh, David Njoku is my guy this week. He's 4,200. He's projected to have 13 points. Guys, the guy might have 13 targets next week. Not literally, but he'll probably have at least eight targets. That's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling 18 targets, but he's going to hit his multiplier at 13 points. The Bucks have one of the worst defenses in the NFL guarding tight ends. They're 29th in the NFL guarding tight ends. Austin Hooper had an absolute smashing day. Whoever's playing nickel corner for the Bucks needs to get fired, and they need to hire somebody else. But David Njoku is one of my higher values. Sneaky start of the week, Taylor Gabriel against New England. Um, that defense for Chicago is real good. That defense for New England, not real good. So if you want to pivot off that game, Taylor Gabriel, I think, is a good tournament pivot at 4,700. And, um, and yeah, I mean, crazy stuff going on in Jacksonville. Uh, I think we all saw Carlos Hyde get traded for a fifth-round pick to Jacksonville from the Browns. So if you think that the Bucks game is going to be pass-heavy, Duke Johnson Jr. might be a good add as well, a good value add. Um, but... If not, it's easy to stay away from that as well. Tournaments, like I said, Robbie Anderson, he's 4,500 on DraftKings. Worth the flyer. I think he might have a big day, too, against Minnesota's defense. Anyways, looks like my time is just about up. 
Um, that is my fantasy breakdown for this week. If you guys have any comments or questions or concerns, you can feel free to hit us up at the email, which is talkingsportsdudes at gmail.com. We have an Instagram at dudes underscore talk sports. You can hit us up on Twitter at dudes talk sports. Or you can just go to our website and listen to our podcast and really just and just win money at uh, www.dudes-talk-sports.com. Um, and that's, that's all I have for you. Enjoy your games this weekend. Win some money. Uh, please, if you liked this podcast, review us five stars. Um, like for like on Instagram, whatever that means. And have a great weekend. See ya!